Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 Welcome to another edition of A Couple of Average Shows Movie Reviews, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse Edition, where we ain't Boy Scouts, but we blows. I am Joe Spiegel. <laughs> That's awesome. Every once in a while, man, I can, I can think of something. So anyway, we're going to talk about that movie. Uh, Netflix pick of the week for me is going to be the Night of the Living Dead documentary called Birth of the Living Dead. I don't, I don't have anything. We're re-recording this podcast. Yes, we are. Um... I didn't really want to talk about it, but fuck it. Um, but fuck it? Yeah, but fuck it. We recorded a whole bunch of stuff, and the laptop that I had yeah. f- shit up on me. Yeah, we were. I think we were into the Netflix pick of the week by then, by that point, and that's when it took a shit. Yeah, and and then it just, it died. Luckily, I had already saved a majority of you know the other, because we did two podcasts that night. Yeah. And I, I saved, I saved the first one. Yeah. But. I tried to say the second one. Anyways. Yeah. So we're we're recording now on a different computer. And, yes. Uh, so the Attack on Titan 1, you guys have probably already listened to because that will come out before this one. Correct. And uh, the problem is now is I can't remember what the fuck we talked about on Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. You know, like our Netflix pick of the week. I don't remember. I don't think I had one. I Yeah, you didn't. It was like the second time you, you came out and go, I didn't watch anything. And I'm like, what the fuck? So uh, yeah, I, so I know we were going to talk about Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Yeah, we'll talk about Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Uh, episode two premieres tonight. Yeah. Oh, I could I could save this for Spectre. I'm thinking about doing it. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll save it for Spectre. That'll be my Netflix pick of the week. It'll actually be the Hulu pick of the week, but I'll save it for next one. It's uh, Eraserhead by David Lynch, his first film. Oh, okay. Ugh, Been God. a while since I've seen that. Oh yeah, I'll, I got plenty to say about it next week. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, if you're gonna watch Eraserhead, the next thing you should watch is Scanners. I watch Scanners by David Cronenberg. Yeah, I have another one of Cronenberg's film um, saved on Hulu. Um, I, it's before that. I think it's called The Brood. Okay. Yeah, I, I I know I heard about something about it, and so I wanted to check out some of these you know directors that I like their earlier films that I've never seen, and I don't like David Lynch. I don't, but I I wanted to see Eraserhead because I've heard about it. So it's a bizarre movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that that is art house indie shit, and I that is for people that are learning how to make films and shit. I, but for me to enjoy it, that's a whole different other thing. I right. I love movies, but I have to draw the line. If fucking David Lynch, man, I really do. I don't like to th- try to think that hard. So, all right, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. We we saw this. Uh, the hell, we I think we might have saw two movies that week, right? So. Yeah, we saw. I think we saw Attack on Titan and uh, Scouts or something. Right. But, but yeah, we went and saw this movie, and uh, we missed like the first. I'd say about maybe three, four minutes of it. Yeah, we didn't miss much. Yeah, I, I think it was in. A, it was in a, like some kind of facility, and this guy was at a vending machine. And all of a sudden, he gets attacked by a zombie. Right. He's like in. A, he was like in a lab coat or some shit, and then it goes cuts to the you know the titles and shit. Oh, Scouts guide. So this movie for me is one of those funny, 
throwback kind of films. It, it felt kind of like an 80s, you know, teen sex comedy in a way. Yeah. You know, it, it was, you know, the movie never took itself <laughs> too seriously, even when it was dealing with, you know, their their inner turmoil between the three characters, three main characters. You know, it, it just, it's one of those movies where you just kick back, relax, and enjoy it and, and not, you know, just have fun. Yeah. It's, it's the atypical action movie. Yeah. Is really what it is. So, and then you get your, you get your couple of sequences and then you get your big sequence at the end and then you go from there. Yeah. Um, but there was something different about it a little bit. I mean, not, not much. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it follows the same basic zombie movie formula, right? Right. But this is those other little tweaks to it that, that make it stand out. Yeah. It, and you know, what was cool is it starts off in Deerfield, California. Yeah. You saw the sign where it said Haddonfield. Yeah. You know, and then in the like, like, like the last podcast, you're like, oh, Haddonfield is 40 miles away. And like Haddonfield is, Haddonfield is Pasadena, California. Yeah. So, um, I thought that was kind of funny that, you know, they added in, uh, a Halloween reference. Yeah. Well, with, you know, it's appropriate. Oh, I know. You know, horror genre. But, you well, know. no. How it came out Halloween. Day before. You're, yeah, fuck, you're right. <laughs> or a week before or whatever it was. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was one, this is one of those times where you finally start talking right at the beginning of the movie review, and I'm just like, you know what? Maybe Mike's got plenty to say, so I'm just going <laughs> to shut up for a second and let him talk. And so I thought you were ready to go on to the movie, man, but, you know, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the movie. That's the thing. It's, they, fil- it, they filmed it in Cypress, California. Okay. Southern Cal. Is that in SoCal? Okay. Yeah. All the trees. Uh, originally, it was going to be called Scouts versus Zombies, and right. then they changed that, um, which I think they need to come out with a lot more versus movies because, you know, right. like Freddy versus Jason, Alien versus Predator sucked ass, but there's still plenty of other versus movies they could do, you know, throw it, mix it up, you know, like how you told me they were, they wanted, uh, was it Robert England wanted to do a Freddy versus Michael Myers or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he wants, he wanted to do that and uh, Freddy versus Pinhead. Pinhead, yeah. I guess that came out in the comics. It was, uh, it was... At the end of, well, I guess at the end of um, Freddy versus Jason, yeah, one of the original endings was Pinhead shows up. Yes. And uh, there was another thought of adding Michael Myers in or whatever. Yeah. But I, I know that Pinhead shows up. Yeah, so. I think, we, have we done an idea, man, yet where I talked about having we were all the, you know, classic monsters or not monsters, but like, you know, slasher movie guys are in one film together? Yeah. Can't no, remember. but it's too much. Yeah, it could be. Right, anyway, so could be. It's way too much. Well, well, remember I I pictured it as like a kid having like a, a nightmare, and somehow his nightmare comes true. Like he has a nightmare where all of them are in it. Like say Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy, uh, maybe Pinhead, but you could have I don't know some other slasher guys from something else. I, I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know he has them in the dream, and somehow because Texas of the chain thumb massacre. Yes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that was a funny picture, man. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Uh, but I pictured something like where, you know, you could have it where like Freddy Krueger um, senses that he's having this nightmare and then he makes it a reality. Okay. We're not talking. I know. We're not doing idea, man. I know. So I'm stopping myself right there. It's way too much, but okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll, might as well do try something. Again, the way you want to, you want to make a movie that adds in all these, we'll just call them 80s classic horror characters. Yeah. With the exception of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which let's is 70. The faith. And... <laughs> And cram them all into a movie. It doesn't work. They should have a comedy or like a little skit called Mike Tyson Reads Nursery Rhymes. I already did that. It's did, no point. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. Anyway. They had fucking Christopher Walken doing that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good night, so, children. I don't think we have a lot to say about this movie because, I mean, like I said, there's nothing like 
really truly original about it. There's just a couple clever ideas that happen in it. And and it, you don't have to think much about this movie. It, it doesn't do anything crazy, you know, stupid. It's just funny and goofy, teen sex, throwing some zombie, you know, bullshit. And, you know, there we go. I, I like how the but zombie- But there's no sex. No, there's just sex implied. Well, not implied, but you know what I mean. Like, it just like tits Titty and- Titty bar. Yeah. You know, you know, selfie and, you know, stuff like that. But it's just- God damn it, you fucking threw me off again. <laughs> I hate my one-track mind. It really pisses me off sometimes because I'm well, ready. Here, here's the thing. It, it starts off It starts off with the three main characters. Yeah. You know. Um, they're in a classroom with uh, David Koechner. Cares where they're at. Just starts off with the three main characters who are scouts. One of them doesn't want to be a scout anymore. The other one is kind of wishy-washy. The other one is full-blown. And, and they don't call them Eagle Scouts. They call them Condor Scouts yeah. uh, because Boy Scout stuff. So- and they've they've been doing scouts since you know for the last six or seven years at least. So I mean they're all real good friends and they're trying to recruit. And Keckner's kind of this oddball scout master, kind of like he's he's like Patton Oswalt in um, Nature Calls or whatever uh-huh. whatever it is. He's like that. It's like he's so immersed in it that's his own world and and there's nothing outside of it. Dolly Parton. Yeah, and and Dolly Parton. Right. But they you know they that it's an off joke of it's that that Dolly Parton joke was you know. Once you go home and, and hang out in your Dolly Parton house or whatever, whatever the fuck they said, yeah, they not no one expecting that he, that would be the truth, yeah, until they get to the house, right? But the whole setup is the three of them are going camping because uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, because Augie. Yeah, Augie. That's it. Yeah, Augie is getting his Condor badge. Yeah, he's his, he's his, like the the boring nerd of the group. Yeah, not really boring. He's he's he. You know what? I liked his character because he knows who he is. He got. I, I got more into his character throughout the film, and that's that. And that symbolizes the whole film itself. Is that the movie gets better as it progresses? Right. But that's that's the good part about this movie is that you have one guy that wants to be somebody he's not. Yeah. You have one guy who's learning how to be his own person and trying to figure that out, and then you have Augie who is who he wants to be. Yeah. He knows that in the, he's going to be a, a Condor Scout or Eagle Scout or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He's he's going to be. Yeah, he's, he, he's comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, and they're about to celebrate his condor badge. Right. So they're going to go have like a camp out. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go camping and do all this other shit. So on the way home, they get a blowout. Can't find one of the bolts to the car and they're driving around on a spare. Well, he has the blowout by hitting the deer. Yeah, he hits, they, they hit a deer, which <laughs> I, what I liked about that was the, the dude was, you know, taking selfies with a dead deer. Yeah. Right. The I can't remember his name either. His name was uh, Carter. Right. So uh, the wannabe cool kid, right? Yeah. Played by Logan Miller. He guys he does the voice on uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, and then out of nowhere, his sister shows up with her boyfriend, Patrick yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Who plays a douche. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, and then some other girl who, it, it, they've really incorporated cell phones and technology well into this, you know, and made it funny and not annoying. Yeah. So I, I really like that. And then that's pretty much where the movie takes off. Oh, I hit a deer and then they look back and the deer's gone, right? It's fucking, <laughs> it's, a, it's an undead deer. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it I liked what they did with that. Yeah, I liked what they did with the zombies too. They weren't just you know vegetables. Yeah, they they held some semblance of their former life. Yeah, they did, and so you know they, they would you know react to things differently. They wouldn't just constantly be trying to eat. You know, they you could stimulate them in a different way, mm-hmm. like with the drunk one. 
they're singing Britney Spears songs with it right. and stuff. It, yeah, yeah, I like that because it's a, it's a change up from the typical formula. Yeah, or what you know, I mean, as long as there's nothing going around, then they revert to their zombie like status. Yeah, you know, like when when they're all in jail and uh, and then uh, Augie shows up. And turns on the car stereo. Yeah. And they all float over to the car and they, they're they attacking the car. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, of course, he bumps into another car. Yeah. And I, though it's just funny because this movie has stupid little pratfalls like that, right? Right. Where, you know, he bounces right off the car like, dude, how the fuck do you not notice that you're running into a car? You know, and it, but anyway, it's just funny, goofy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole movie's got stupid little things like that. And, uh, you know, I like uh, how David Kegner's character, how he, he's the Rasputin of the film. Yeah, pretty much. They they do everything, and they beat the shit out of him, burn him. Yeah, tie him Blow up. him up, tie him down. Yeah, hit him with a car. Yeah, it's fucking uh, all this shit. It, it just, it was funny. You know, and, and I, I like how once his character becomes a zombie, he doesn't start going into goofy Kegner dialogue. Instead, he just keeps doing this thing. Oh, yeah, the, the biting thing? Yeah. It was kind of creepy. It was creepy, because like in World War Z... How did those actors do that? I know they added the sound effects of them doing it. I, hopefully, they had like some protecting because I, I tried to mimic that shit, and I'm like, I have to stop up for a couple times because I don't want to damage my teeth. Are you clicking your front teeth, or I try to do it with my molars? Yeah, you don't click your front teeth because yeah. you'll crack them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, they they just added in. Yeah, of course, you know they have makeup on, so when they clack, it's probably the fake teeth in front that are clacking yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this movie has a really good balance between their, you know, the teen angst and, and, you know, the zombie shit. And, and it doesn't overdo any of their problems. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, okay, look, for you to give a shit about the characters and see them as real people, you, you can't have them not have human things happen to them. So it's important that there, there's this, this conflict between them about, you know, leaving scouts and stuff like that. And they didn't have, they didn't stretch it out too long. And I'm glad for that. Right. You know, instead there's, once it's figured out by Augie what they're planning on doing, then there's just a remark here and a remark there. It's not something where they keep, the movie keeps going away from itself to go deal with this shit again and then get back into the zombie stuff again. Right. Instead, they're dealing with everything all at the same time. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, it was kind of, that whole, I, I thought it was kind of forced where uh, the Carter dude who is the, like I said, he's, he's the- He's the wild boy. Mm, he's the wannabe. Yeah. He he wants to be not who he is. And he, he wants to be popular. Yeah. And- He's a party boy. And no, he's he's not. He wants to be, though. Exactly. But, and, and that was fine. It, it, that, that that character was, is in and of itself, fine. The problem is, is that the writing became to the point where <laughs> they- they kind of shoehorn that whole thing together, uh-huh. where Augie gets all pissed off. No, you guys go, and, and they, you know, they didn't want to invite him. A- anybody that who's friends with anybody goes, well, why don't you just come along with us? Yeah, you know, doesn't matter how nerdy or whatever. Friends are friends. Yeah, you know, they don't, they don't just leave. Yeah, it's like that. That to me was an issue. Yeah, it's like a, one of those moral things, right? Or, you know, then later they learn the error of their ways and they're like, we're yeah. so sorry we did this to you. Yeah, and, and that's garbage. What they should have done is just told them, hey, dude, look, we're going to go, we'll, we'll do the camping thing, but we really want to go to this year party. We want to go party. You're going with us. Yeah. So just get fucking ready. Yeah, fucking, you know, the, the, the scoutmaster's not even here. He never fucking showed up. Yeah. So let's go. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That was That did feel a little... Hokey. Yeah. But the things that I did like were um, the girl that went to school with them that bought them the beer. Yeah. She she turns out to be, well, she's not a stripper, but she's a waitress. Denise. Yeah. She's played by Sarah Dumont. Yeah. And she doesn't turn out to be a love interest. No, she doesn't. She's just one of them. Yeah. She kind of reminded me of, um, 
We're the Millers. You know, the daughter one who they were teaching and the yeah, other yeah, one yeah. how yeah. to kiss and stuff. Right. Yeah, it was like that. You know, so there wasn't, because I thought they were going to do that by the end of the film. I thought he was going to like, because he had a crush on Carter's sister and I thought they were going to do this thing where, oh, he realizes that she's, the, this other girl, Denise, is actually the real one for him. Right. And and she made it, look, go go for it. If you want her, go for her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I appreciated that. No, dude, you got to say it the way you say it. Oh. Appreciate it. I appreciated that. So, yeah, it, it, and those those are the little cool things about the movie that that work about it. You know, it, you know, I liked and I liked her character a lot because she kicked ass and she was hot, right? At the same time, and I, I like a woman that has a brain in her head, not these stupid airheads that they keep putting on film. Yeah, you know, let, let's see that. You know, let's show that a woman can kick some ass too. Yeah, and and even the zombie stripper. Yeah, you know, that was actually that was well done. Yeah, it was. They, they get to see you know boobies and. And they're hanging out, and then all of a sudden, you know, they realize that something's wrong with her. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, no, it's just like a bodysuit or whatever. Yeah, it was right? another thing. She went through her whole routine, her dance routine, before she even started to f- zombie out on them. Yeah. As the blood starts coming out of her mouth. Yeah. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it started squirting, it started popping out of the side of her neck. Yeah. And hitting them and shit, yeah. Yeah, he's got blood all over him. I got fucking blood all over me. Yeah. All I wanted to do was see some titties. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know. I like the little extra things that the movie do, does um, that were really funny that stood out. My, I think my favorite thing about the movie was the trampoline scene. You know, that whole sequence, <laughs> yeah. the whole sequence where they have to go back to his house, Carter's house, to get his sister's diary to find out where they're at for this party so right. they can go save them. That whole thing, every part of that worked so well. You know, they have to get into the house. Cloris Leachman. Yeah, and then Cloris Leachman, who they didn't overdo her character. They had her in two scenes of the whole film. And, you know, she's the, the, the neighbor, the green thumb neighbor. Right. Who just, you know. She's like, an asshole. Yeah, don't fuck with my lawn. And yeah. she's a cat lady. Yeah. Right. Your dad put his garbage garbage cans in front of my driveway. Yeah. The next time you do it, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. And fucking, she opens the door to her house and all these cats come out. And they're like, how many fucking cats she got? You know. <laughs> but And I, I had a feeling that once they showed her character and you knew that she became a zombie, I was like, what's going on with those cats? Yeah. Right, and that that was funny too because they didn't they didn't spend too much time dwelling on it. It was just it, a quick. It was it was goofy. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, but you know what? It, it was it was something that you expected. Yeah, but not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, two things on that sold me. It was the first thing was when the cat goes up behind him, Augie. Yeah. And it, it just and you know it's a fake fucking cat. Right. That makes it even funnier that it's fake. Right. And it just all right. And the other part is when the cats are chasing them. And they shut the door and all the cat zombie paws are going under the door. Right. I love that shit because I've had cats and they do that shit all the time. Right. Right. So, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, but, yeah, you go back to the trampoline scene and it was just so fucking funny because you're, you're dealing with these characters up in this, you know, two-story house and they're up in the bedroom trying to find this diary and in the background through the window, you just see this zombie head popping Make, up. Making noises. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, the whole the whole thing worked, man. It, it was yeah. so fucking funny. Where they have to use the trampoline to, jump, uh, to escape and guy grabs onto the zombie dong. Yes, the zombie dong, man. That I mean, I... I Cannot recall seeing a zombie dong in a movie except for in Grindhouse right. when Tarantino had the zombie dick in Planet Terror and it's rotting off and shit, you know. And this was way different than than in Grindhouse. This was this was goofy and funny and gross at the same time. It was it, it was great. Yeah. I, I loved it because I haven't seen that before. You know, they didn't do it in Shaun of the Dead. They haven't done it. I don't think they. 
They did they do it in Slither? No, they didn't. And Slither's gory as fuck, and they didn't do it in Slither. And Slither has a lot of. That's, that's like the sexual... first time I've ever seen that happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could obviously tell it was fake, but yeah, but it no, didn't it, matter. yeah, I know. Still, it was hilarious. The guy was the the, the, the guy that was playing the zombie. Yeah. The look on his face was this oh. guy's got to fucking grab onto his dick. Yeah, and it's just it's just like intense pain. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You know, and, and so then they go to, let's just cut to the pretty much the end. They go to this final battle, right? And the final battle is at- No, the, we forgot the we forgot the uh, the hot police chick. Yeah, when they're in the police station before that, right? No. Oh. Well, I guess. I mean, they escape and they run through one of the fields and close the gate and yeah. she gets caught in the gate. Yeah. And then her shirt pops open on yeah. purpose. I yeah. mean, it, it's just the way it is. Yeah, and, and her double D zombie tits. Shaking her titties all around and the dude's like just staring at him. Mesmerized. Like, titties. Yeah. And he goes up and, and grabs them. Yeah. That And that is so honest. Cause I, who I think, wouldn't do that? Fucking a man. I mean, she's dead. She's not coming back. Yeah. But I'm least, pinching you, nipple. You still say, "Hey, I grabbed her tits." Remember that hot, that hot fucking cop? Yeah, I grabbed those tits. She was dead. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. Not technically. <laughs> Once they're dead, I guess that's not molest- molestation, it's, is it? It's necrophilia. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. That. that ugh. It's gross and funny at the same time. Yeah. But they the way they play it off, it doesn't even really get gross because it, it's just it's hilarious. You know, and and this movie has these little things on it, like, with, like it reminded me of Superbad. You know, there's just the goofy dick jokes and the and, and you know horny teenagers, it, it, and that's why this movie is funny. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the scene where um, Denise is her name. You know, yeah, the, the hot the hot older chick. Yeah, who takes the lead a bunch of times. And so they're driving around in in um, uh, Cloris Leachman's car. Yeah, and then they stop like half a mile away from the motorbike that's just parked on the side of the road. It's like, why are you why are you parked so far away? I guess for drum dramatic. Doesn't make any sense. Just drive up to the fucking motorcycle. Any anybody that you know on any uh, planet. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say any planet. Anybody what? But yeah, you know anybody that lives anywhere in the United States. It, if you see a thing that you want, you drive up close to it. Yeah. You know whether it's a yard sale or whatever the fuck. You don't park a fucking quarter of a mile away and then walk. Yeah. Unless you have to. Unless it's you know like a football game. I'm talking about. Yeah. But it, yeah, it wasn't. It just, it seemed like that that was contrived so that those two characters could talk on the way to the bike. Yeah, it's just, it's garbage. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, you're right. All right. So, then they get, they finally get to this final battle. I mean, you know, they had to deal with, you know, they had the, the, the big black dude from the military that saves them. They make it look like he's going to become another main character for the movie. And he die, he, he zombifies right after they introduce him. Yeah. Right? He gets his fucking head slammed in the door. Yeah. And then, so they get to this, where this party is at in the middle of nowhere. Well, no, you forgot the hardware store. They got to gear up. They did have to gear up. Yeah. Nail guns. See what I mean? You don't have to guns. think much with this movie. I didn't think a lot. I just fucking watched yeah. it. But yeah, they geared up and then, yeah, they, you know, and I forgot to mention this, but they, they use their scout skills throughout the film, you know, whether it's whittling something or a lot of knot tying, you know, or uh, what else? What else did they use? There's their, uh, tracking, their tracking skills. Yeah. But like, see how this, this footprint here, this is a footprint, but right next to it's dragging. Why right. is it dragging? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they, they did well. It's, it, yeah. you know, it, especially, you know. When it comes down to using whatever skills that they learned, yeah, it wasn't scouts in name only, right? Yeah, so and they kept their scouts uniform on the whole fucking time. Yes, they did. That even awesome. even when they said that we're done with this shit, they still kept their shit on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad because that would have been it would have taken away from from the movie. It would have been forced. Yeah, you know. So yeah. All right, now can we get to the final battle? Sure. <laughs> All right. So they're at this abandoned warehouse or whatever you want to call it, and they're having a party there. It's an indoor pool. 
Was it? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the old sports complex or whatever the hell it yeah. was. Yeah. So, you know, and then you, right before that, you find out that Schwarzenegger's character is, is a fucking asshole and he, he gave them the wrong directions on purpose so they wouldn't show up to the party, right? Right. And, and, and the sister's all upset and shit. And, you know, like, you're a fucking dick and blah, blah, blah. And this is what kind of threw me off was, when when the when the scouts get there to to the uh, to the party to save them from the zombies coming in, the sister starts calling out for Ben's character instead of her brother Carter, and that threw me off because at the time she didn't know that Ben had feelings for her. So it's her brother that's there. So why isn't she calling out to her own brother to save her? Because he's a douche. <laughs> I guess I, I, that's the only thing I could think. So right before they storm into into the party to to save them. Uh, we have the jawless zombie that comes in with his tongue sticking out, and you. And so, you find out the fate of the uh, of the you know the other girl that was riding in the truck with the douchebag. You know the one that's playing with her phone the whole time, the whole movie, right? No, right. not acknowledging that there's life going on around her. Yeah, she's the one that came up with the idea to put them to make them go to the uh, the waste management plant, the waste the shit plant. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and so she's you know she's hooks, she hooks up with this guy, this other you know douchebag, right? And they go down into the you know the bowels of the building, and you know she's like, okay, well you know we can't do anything right now because since you don't have a condom, but uh, you can go down on me. So she lays back, starts playing with her phone. Dude gets eaten by the zombie or killed by the zombie, and the zombie with the tongue. And I, dude, right when I already I already knew what was going to happen way before it was even implied. I could just tell because why is this the the zombie's tongue sticking out like this? You know, it just, I, I, look, I always think about sex all the time, man. Even when I'm not talking about it, I'm thinking about it. So I, everything that we do or say, I always tie it into something sexually. It's just, that's just me. I'm sorry. You know, it, it's like, it's like, a oh God, Jonah Hill's character in, in Superbad, how he keeps drawing pictures of dicks. Okay. I keep thinking of shit. I just it, it always do. I, I have to turn into a sex pun. So I knew once his tongue was sticking out that something stupid was going to happen with it sexually, and right. it, and it did. So the zombie goes down on her, and she, you know, and then she gets zombified and shit. It, but then you cut back into the party, and these guys just start unloading the, the, their um, their improvised weapons on everybody, right? So you got Augie with the with the what was it the wooden ball um, launcher? It was like a potato gun, but yeah, with wooden balls. Much. Yeah. And with croquet uh, balls. Yeah, and then Ben had the uh, it looked like a uh, it was like a weed whacker, but with blades on the end of it. And uh, Augie had the nail, or uh, uh, Carter had the nail gun, right? So I, the whole sequence was really cool because there was a lot of blood, a lot of splatter. It was gory, and and it was just, it was stupid. You know, it was like the whole the whole movie's stupid, and it, but it's fun, stupid. And you know, I um, oh, you know, what? here's my question: They never dealt with this. Remember how they said they they're listening on the radio, and the radio, uh, the military says the place is going to get bombed in two hours, right? Right. The place never got fucking bombed. Right, because she went and said, you need to not bomb this place. Is that it? Is that why? Yeah, that's she took off. Remember, uh, Denise yeah. got on the motorcycle. And yeah, told I know them, she brought the military back with her, but I no, thought- No, she told them, I'm going to go find the military guys and tell them not to bomb the place because we still got people there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, now it's been solved. I, <laughs> I can't fucking remember. So, but yeah, this this small movie is, it's it's they turn something fun into a, you know, into a quote unquote dying genre, okay? Because zombie shit is just fucking- I'm, I'm almost over with it, my goddamn self, because I, I there's, I, I watched on, um, I, I could have picked this as my Netflix pick of the week, but it's not. But I watched uh, the other day a movie called Cockneys versus Zombies, 
right? And all it is- I it, wanted to watch it, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Dude, it's a snatch version of zombie film. No, it's just another zombie film. No, it is, because I watched it, and you need to listen to me, all right? Again, it's just another fucking zombie movie. It is. It is another, but they try to snatch it, okay? I don't care. Even the guy who played Bricktop is in the fucking movie. That, that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, it has some funny parts in it, but otherwise- it's still just the same old shit. I mean, there, there's one scene that had me laughing my ass off. There was this guy, this old man in a walker, and he's trying to get away from the zombies. And they, they play this intense music while he's trying to get away. But the zombies are walking just as slow as him, so he's able to make it away from them. It's just so fucking stupid. But, uh, yeah, Cockneys vs. Zombies is just for hardcore zombie fans who want to see something that they haven't seen before, which is a bunch of English people fighting zombies. Otherwise, leave it alone. All right. It exactly. was funny to see the the guy who plays Bricktop though. His character's funny. He kicks he kicks ass. All right. So, um with Scouts versus Zombies, man, I um, <coughs> I know, Scouts guide. I just oh, I left that one part. God damn, I hate it when I do that. You know what another scene that was really funny and it was in with the whole trampoline and all that stuff was when he was fighting Cloris Leachman, when Carter was fighting Cloris Leachman in the in the in the living room. I was waiting for you to bring this up. And her dentures fell out. And she started, and like she's pulling him, and he's trying to get away, and he's on the couch, and she pulls his pants down when she's trying to grab him. And no, all somebody of, knocked her fucking fake teeth out. Yeah, and all of a sudden she bites his ass, but she can't fucking puncture him, <laughs> and so it looks just like, of course, Leachman is sucking on Logan Miller's ass, <laughs> and it was it, that's funny because that's another thing we haven't seen in a zombie movie, right? So yeah, and so all those little things, it just adds up to a funny movie that I say it's worth seeing, man. The movie's made on a fifteen million dollar budget. You know, it it's doing good overseas. It hasn't made shit here because they didn't even market it really over here. But overseas, it's already made its money back. And I'm glad because they said they'll make a sequel to it. I don't know what they could really do with a sequel, but you know what? As long as they, they don't take things too seriously and have a good time, I could see them doing another one with these characters. Yeah, high school or whatever. Yeah, you know, later high school or college or scout camp. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll start being uh, camp count, uh, camp counselors well, or some you shit. Watch the end of the credits. They were. Yeah, they, yeah, they were. So boom, boom. I gave the movie a six point five out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's another zombie movie, but it was it was a good take on zombie movies. Yeah. So that's what surprised me. Yeah. I um I enjoyed I enjoyed watching this. Sorry, I'm bleeding. Yeah, I, you can't take zombie shit really seriously anymore except for Walking Dead. I, You know, just might as well, if you're going to make a zombie thing, which I don't think you should, but if you're going to, make it funny, change things up a bit, do something different. You know, look, look at Evil Dead. You, you go to Evil Dead and... They're not zombies. They're zombie-ish, but they're not. They're ghouls. They're they're possessed people that that are fucking demonized. It, it's it, it works so much better because you can do a lot of different things with that. But with zombies, I mean, fuck. Where do you draw the line? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, it's to me, it's just another zombie movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked it, but at the same time, yeah, it's you, you get bored with it. Yeah, I mean, there's other movies that we saw this year that weren't original, but they had something special done to them. Uh, the Martian, you know, fucking a man. The Martian wasn't really original, but it worked because of how well it was done. So, you know, I had something to add to The Martian. I thought about when I was listening to the podcast the other day, and I can't remember what the fuck it is now. That pisses me off. All right, so anyway, we could do our Netflix pick of the week, but since I already I just mentioned Evil Dead, we might as well talk about this. Ash vs. the Evil Dead premiered on Halloween night on uh, what channel? Stars? Stars. Yeah. Stars. And the first episode is directed by Sam Raimi. I don't know how many episodes he directs, but I'll tell you what. Off of the first episode, everything about it captures what Evil Dead is. 
You've got, you know, the great camera angles, the the quick pan ins, the the goofy dialogue. Bruce Campbell just or Camel. <laughs> Bruce Campbell just just Camel tell. just milking every moment for what it's worth, man. They just, you know, guy the guy enjoys this character. He enjoys doing what he does. And I love Bruce Campbell because you never see him in enough things, but when you do, you're glad that he was there. You know, hell, even when his little two minutes that he had at the beginning of Congo, you know, I was like, fuck, man, why can't there be more Bruce Campbell in this fucking movie, man? So you go back to Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and I loved it. I don't know how I feel about the side characters yet, but, you know, I like the young guy that's staggering along. I'm not sure how I feel about him yet. You know, I mean, the girl's hot, but, you know, still. I, I, I guess. I, I don't want them. I want it. Uh, I don't know. See, you, when it's just a movie, you can focus only on Ash. But when it's a series, I guess, you know, you do got to bring other people into it because otherwise it would get, you know, you're going to run out of shit to do, I guess. But I I like it. I, I actually liked it a lot. It was funny. And they, they you know, it, it, like I said, it keeps. It, what I liked about it is it's classic Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, Again, zombies, but not really zombies. No. Ghouls. Um. The camera angles, the shots, the action, you know, especially when, you know, the little porcelain doll or the little dolly attacks Bruce yeah. Campbell's character, Ash. Yeah. And he's bashing it with the um, w- with the pottery. Yeah. And it's the same exact action as when in Evil Dead 2, he's hitting his hand, you know, with the with the dishes. Yeah. You know, and he's making that jittery, ah, sound. Yeah. And, and then from there... He basically, I mean, he, he he turns into a pussy yeah. at the beginning of the, of the, he's hiding out, so he's not really trying to be Ash. Yeah. He's just trying to be somebody else with Ash's name. Yeah. And he and he lives in the trailer that was the same trailer from um, uh, They Call Me Bruce. Oh, is it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's just redone. Okay. And then, of course, it's, I, I can't remember if it's the 60, is it the, I can't remember what year that Buick is. I think it's the 70, the old 78 or the old 74 or whatever the fuck it is. Okay. This is, but that's Sam Raimi's car. Yeah. And it's the same car that they've used in every single movie Sam Raimi's ever uh, filmed. Even the Evil Dead film Every from single movie yeah. that Sam Raimi's ever, ever filmed, that car is in it. So they've rebuilt the car multiple times. Yeah. Which, again, cool. But um, is that the car that uh, Peter Parker and Uncle Ben drove in? Yes, every single movie. <laughs> I just realized that. That's fucking hilarious. It's the same car that in the uh, the new in Evil Dead twenty thirteen or whatever. Um, the 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 car that was buried under all the all the shit. Yeah, same car. You know what my favorite scene in Spider Man two is the homage to Evil Dead when Doc Ock's um being operated on and his arms start attacking people and it goes through the perspective of the, of his of his you know his claws going at the doctors and and killing them. Fucking straight up Evil Dead because even the doctor where it raises the arm up and he's holding the little cutter and it's all I'm like oh fuck yeah that's Evil Dead man great I love that I'm throwing time this shit in great. I love that scene. Yeah. Um, then we get to, you know, we get the scene where uh, Ash talks about how he came upon the Necronomicon. Yeah. And, of course, um, how he unleashed the uh, the Deadites again. Yeah. And then- um, He's bragging. Yeah. And then, and then the uh, the bar scene, you know. Yep. It's, what do you say? It's made of uh, rosewood. It's made of rosewood, you know. And uh, how he goes into the whole story about, you know, some people some people wouldn't ask about, you know, how I lost this, this meat hook of mine. <laughs> you know, but it got hit by a train saving an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> She's like, you saved an eight-year-old boy? Yep. You know, what are you, he ordered a Moscow mule. I'll have two Moscow mules and two of whatever she's drinking. Yeah. Because tonight's the night I celebrate and get blackout drunk, <laughs> you know, which is a load of horse shit, but whatever. Yeah. He ends up banging her in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, slapping her ass. You like my wood? You know, and then she turns around and says, we found you. Yeah. 
So all that's it, I don't know where it's leading to. Um, there's another character that can that's starting to see the deadites. She's a cop. Yeah. And then you have Lucy Lawless's character who's hunting Ash for some reason. Yeah, and then uh, I think in one of the trailers that I saw, um, it looks like Lucy Lawless is there to help him. She's hunting him. She's hunting him to help him. Okay. Yeah. It's not, nothing that I've seen. Yeah. All I know is that she's like, have you seen this guy? I'm trying to get him. So, But yeah, I, I, I love how this, this feels like Evil Dead. It doesn't feel like they're trying to be Evil Dead. This is Evil Dead. Yeah, that's what's... And the other thing is, is the makeup is right from... Fucking, yeah. you know, Evil Dead Two, or um, it, it maybe Tom Savini. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah, but it's got good production value. It's it's consistent. It felt it didn't feel like we were watching a TV show, dude. It felt like we were watching a movie. Yeah, that's what I like about it. I like I I like the montage that they did. You know, so they pan up onto the boxes and show all the old scenes. Yeah, you know, and and him having to deal with his predicament from yeah. Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. You know. And then, uh, it, but it didn't have any Army of Darkness in there, if you notice. There was no mention of it at all. Yet. Yeah. So we don't know what's going on with that. Um, and he doesn't work for S-Mart anymore. Yeah. He works for some value store. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, which, well, he doesn't work for them anymore. Mm. But I'm, I'm waiting for him to slip and go Ash Housewares, you know? Yeah. Or Sporting Goods or whatever. Yeah, like at the what's end What's your of- name? Ash Sporting Goods. <laughs> your name is Ash Sporting Goods? He, he's a lot better with Sporting Goods than he is with light bulbs. Yeah. So, and then I, I couldn't, what I didn't understand, um, there was a part in Ash, in, in the first episode where the manager, let's just call him the manager, maybe the owner, uh, walks up to him and starts saying, he, he says something along the lines of, you know, um, I can't fire you because- Seniority. It, he is said, that what he said? Yeah, seniority? Because of seniority. No, there was something else he, he said. Sa- I swear to God, he said seniority. There was something else he said. He said, he said that and something else. For that, for seniority and blah, 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 you know, and, and Ash basically said, well, yeah, that's true. But so I I have a feeling that, well, we'll find out, I mean, as as it goes on. But I, I have a feeling that the, the place that he was working at used to be called the S-Mart, was yeah. S-Mart. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, he's still there. Okay. So. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the name S-Mart's copyrighted or some shit. Well, it is. It's a place in Stockton called S-Mart. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, so I, I highly recommend uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead based off of just the first episode. Oh, absolutely. So, and then uh, I'll be seeing it. Have you seen the second one yet? Nope. Okay. So, we'll let you know how it is because um, things like this we want to support because I, I love how in this day and age, there's people that can go back to things that we love when we were younger and, and you know bring them back, you know, because they Hollywood in, in and of itself usually doesn't have the balls to do anything. And I'm glad that because of all this media mediums that we have with, with cable and everything that you can have all this stuff being done now. Yeah. Well, there's some things, no, you know, we don't get all this stuff being done. We get what they want being done. Yeah. And if there's, if there's enough, if there's enough push for it, I mean like there's already, um, they're already going to do a season two for Ash versus evil dead. So that's good. Real good. All right. So it is on Saturday nights on the... Jesus Christ, dude. You can't remember what channel it's on? Stars Channel. I know. I was hoping you'd chime in. I wasn't going to fucking chime in. <laughs> all right. So forgive me for my lagging today. I had a very long day at work, but all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna pipe through. Pipe through? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that means, but there we go. All right. So my Netflix pick of the week this week is going to be The Birth of the Living Dead. It is a documentary from 2013 about the making of Night of the Living Dead and its uh, impact um, on the genre. There are interviews with, uh, you know, creator director George Romero, um, some other filmmakers that I've never heard of. 
um, documentarians and stuff and such. And they talk about, um, things that were going on at the same time the movie came out. Um, you know, things like civil rights movement and stuff like that. And, and they're in Vietnam and they would talk about how, well, I mean, Jesus, they had a, they had a zombie hanging from a fucking tree, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, Romero, a lot of people were, you know, up in arms about that, saying, "Oh, this reminds us of the KKK in the '60s." Is like, yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, it was a, it was a social commentary, right? And yeah, it, I mean, the fact that he had a black guy, you know, Dwayne Jones, play the lead character, and they acted like he wasn't a black guy playing the lead character. He was right. just another guy, you know, trying to survive this 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 horror that was happening at the moment, you know. And I look, Night of the Living Dead is not a movie I want to see very often, but. To me, it is still creepier and shit at certain moments. I mean, it is goofy now because of especially all the things I've been inundated with when it comes to the horror genre, but it is still, that movie triggers me when I was a kid. You know, I remember I, I had to change the channel. I had to, it would come on TV at night, watching it in black and white, of course, and I'd watch for a few minutes and then I'd change the channel. And then I come back again because I had to, that, that curiosity, I just had to go back to it. And then it would creep me out again. And then I had to change the channel again, you know, and I, but I, I kept coming back, kept coming back, you know, and this, not many movies do that, did that to me, you know, fucking, you know, slasher films didn't scare me, you know, but, but zombie shit, for some reason, zombie shit scared the fuck out of me and it worked. And I, I have to, I have to give credit to George Romero, man. He, he's the king. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything that he's done, there is... <sighs> George Romero or Spielberg or Lucas or whoever. Yeah. I don't think George Romero gets enough credit. John Carpenter. Yeah. You know, when it comes to horror movies, there is not enough credit given to George Romero yeah. for being basically the the godfather of this stuff. Yeah. Well, you see all the shit that he had to go through to get these films made. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, uh, his company first was just making commercials in the Pittsburgh area. Yep. And finally they decided, you know what, we've made enough of these commercials, let's start, you know, tr- let's make a movie. So then they made this one movie that flopped and stuff like that. And then he got the idea to make, you know, Night of the Living Dead. And this, the, what he had to go through to get it done, no one, no one wanted to um, dis- distribute it. No one did. And then when, you know, it took a couple years. Yeah. Okay. And when finally, when, they, when he finally got it, you know, when he finally got distribution, they, they, they would put the movie on in the daytime during matinees with a, with, a, with like a, a, like a Bella Gosi Dracula film or something like that. Something, something lighter compared to the day and age that it was in. Right. And, you know, it, no one took it seriously. It, it was, it was kind of like a slap in the face, you know, but this movie had a lot to say. But how can you really say that it's a slap in the face when the studios put it out there? Because it, look how long it took for them to do it. Doesn't matter. I mean, they put it out. They they picked up dist- They picked up distribution. See, this is what I don't understand. You you toil away at making a movie, and then you know you bitch because oh you know we, we didn't get distribution with this and that and the other thing. Not mm-hmm. not not a lot of people are seeing it. And then when somebody comes along and says, hey, I got a I like your movie. I want to distribute it. And then they distribute it, and you're like, well, I don't like what you're doing with my movie. I don't like how you're distributing. It. Okay, but. More people are seeing your movie now than we're seeing it when I didn't distribute it, which means that as time goes on, more people are going to want to see this movie. Well, I think because the reason was because of the matinee thing. So who fucking cares, though? Parents were up in arms about it because they were sending their kids to to a horror film that they thought wasn't that bad, and all of a sudden their kids also see at the same same day, they're seeing Night of the Living Dead, and, and it's like horrifying. And so parents were pissed off. So there was negative press, at, at, you know, for a little bit because of it, and you know, bad reviews from Roger Ebert and other people. Right, which she f- redacted anyway. So yeah, matter. yeah, they, and and everyone you know, over time re- it did redact it, and all of a sudden they're saying, "God, this is a great piece of cinema." But 
I, th- I think that, that a lot of films like this can be misunderstood when they first come out. Right. You know? Not not a lot of films today, but yeah, you know, back in back in the day, like uh, the the Cannibal Corpse or Cannibal whatever the fucking movie nineteen eighties lost footage that became Green Inferno. Yeah. Oh, um, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. You know. I mean, I don't think it's a real Return of the or Night of the Living Dead esque yeah. type movie. It's not. It does. The only people that's going to influence people like Eli Roth, which is not a big deal. Because Eli Roth makes good movies, if you like his stuff. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan of Eli Roth's movies. But that doesn't mean that yeah. he's not a good filmmaker. Yeah, it's just not our bag, baby. Right. Yeah, but George Romero, who's done, I mean, he, he went on and did a bunch of stuff for Stephen King with Creepshow mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and whatever else. And he's still around. Yeah. You know, and- He's got a great personality. He's like a guy, he's like the old guy that you would love to just sit down and, and bullshit with. I talked to one of his sons once. Yeah? Yeah, when I was working at Apple. Okay. And uh, called in to get some, some work done on a computer and- we were talking about. He's like, yeah, we're we're having some problems. We're working on a movie. This was back in '99. Okay. So yeah, we we we're working on some stuff. He said working on a movie. I said, oh, cool. All right. You know. So what's going on? He's like, well, this is this and this and this. So I said, do this. He's like, oh, it's working now. Yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> You're awesome. I can't keep that in mind. Yeah. Um. He was the one that I actually gave my personal number out to. All right. So Romero was a fan of uh, Richard Matheson and his book I Am Legend. A and lot of people are. That was what one of the things that gave them him the idea to do uh, Night of the Living Dead. And yeah, I mean, I've read I've read I Am Legend, and it's way different than what we saw with Will Smith. I'll tell you that. Uh, but yeah, I, well, there was a there was a movie with Charlton Heston called The Omega Man. The Omega Man, yeah. So then they had a straight to video knockoff of uh, of uh, I Am Legend called I Am Omega. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, I you know what? I, oh, there's also an interview with uh, Gail Ann Hurd in it, um, and uh, Bill Hensman. He played the look. There's one of them there right now. The zombie, the first zombie that they show uh-huh. in the movie. That guy. That guy went to a shitload of conventions. He was really popular, and he died um, before the documentary came out. And so there's a little homage to him um, after all the credits are over with. It's like two or three minutes long. And it has an you know, interview with him. And it talks about how he loves being a legend, even though he's made no money off of it, really. Right. But he, he's, he's... Except, you know, the convention's paying him a shitload of money. I don't know. But he he, he just said... He, he said it's really cool, though. He, lo- he, he, he said he'd rather be a legend with no money than, you know, the opposite. So... It's, they say that, but I mean... In a, to do the convention circuit, they they pay you. They pay you to stay. They pay you to, to show up, uh-huh. and you get paid for signing autographs. So. Oh well, maybe because he didn't make money for a long time before that. I don't know. Probably. But anyway, he died like he was like eighty two or something like that. Yeah. And it was just a nice thing. They didn't have to do it for him, but they did. They put in this documentary, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of documentaries that are coming out now, and and I'm I'm keenly interested to see st- more stuff. You know, based off of older movie franchises. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean a lot of a lot of the people that have done the Draculas and they're gone. But you have their children, you have you you have all this archival footage and and history and stuff like that. It would yeah. be really great to to do. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the movie's called Birth of the Living Dead. It's on Netflix right now. I, I'd say check it out. If you're a fan of Night of the Living Dead, it, it, it adds some more insight to everything. So it's worth seeing. Yep. And they, they even talk about little tricks that they did um, on how they made it, and you know, on a low budget, it, it's really clever. Some cool ideas. So yeah. All right. Uh, did you have anything you could think of to talk about for Netflix? No. Nope. What about a new show on TV? We already talked about Ash vs Evil Dead. I know nothing. Oh fuck it. All right. You want to talk about Walking Dead? 
Not really. Okay. <laughs> Her, Glenn's dead, man. Glenn's, Glenn's dead. Glenn, Glenn's still dead, man. Well, doesn't he actually get killed by Negan? Yes, he gets killed by Negan in the comic book in the hundredth issue. The hundredth issue. So he's not dead. They wanted to kill. Um, they wanted to kill off a main character in the hundredth issue. To, um, and yeah, they decided to pick Glenn as as that. But yeah. they already they already like teased that in um at the beginning of season five, I believe, when uh when the guy was standing behind uh Glenn with a baseball bat about to hit him, and bash him in the head. Right. They made it look exactly like what Negan did to him. Yeah. So they've already cast who Negan's going to be. By the way. Yeah, I haven't read that, but I I read about it, and I I didn't know who they cast. I I'm not, I I can't remember. I won't tell you, so it doesn't matter. All right. But (laughs) needless to say, um, as far as Walking Dead, that was a good episode. Um, Dude takes himself out. Yeah. But- Thank you. He goes, thank you. Yeah, and then fucking he falls and Glenn falls. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, and there's there's been jokes about it, like, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Was it Michonne? Michonne. Michonne and Rick standing in the background watching the whole thing happen. It's like, why don't you just roll under the dumpster? <laughs> Which is what everybody's saying. Why don't you just roll under the fucking dumpster? Yeah, I got you. I, you know what, man? I, I think that they did in a clever way because it's got people talking about it, and now they're making you wait because the episode after that is all about Morgan and his his past. Which we, which I saw. Yeah, and I, you know what? Though I had one problem with it. I got tired of him saying, kill me. You know, they did that like three times in the episode. But other than that, I thought it was really good. The show is so well done that even though you're pissed off that you want to know what happened to a character, it keeps you wanting to watch it. And that's the point of the show. It keeps you going. So Walking Dead's still going good for me. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. All right. Now I just wish you could go watch the fucking John Bernthal episodes, man. I don't care. Gotta, gotta see Shane, bro. Rick! <laughs> All right. You got anything else to add, man? I do not. All right. So, uh, for a couple of Average Joe's Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse Edition, I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right, we will talk to you next time. Hakuna Matata, bitches. So that's our show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you go to iTunes and leave a review. Also, share the show for us. You know, the more people that know about us, the better off we are. Also, for more cool trivia, you can follow us at MPS5150 on Twitter. For more great podcasts and my movie reviews, don't forget to visit www.acoupleofaveragejoes.com. This is the end. It's the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.